see all of you tonight. It's good to have Brother Stanley, Miss Kim with us tonight. Well, it's good to have Brother Stanley. Anyway, I have to pick up my sister. Amen. Brother Stanley, how about you open this in prayer tonight? may be seated, page 45. 
pilgrim plodding through this world of sin, getting ready for that city when the saints go marching in. When the saints go marching in, when the saints go page 51 Once I was great in sin's dark Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Let's all stand one more time, page 177. Don't forget that this coming Sunday, Brother Bud Stiltner will be in with us both services, so you be in much prayer about that. And also, um, I asked Brother Chris, and he said, he said, please do. We need to implore some of you men, women, that, are, that would be willing to help work in the broadcast uh, ministry of our church. Uh, we've, we used to have a bunch that would help out, and they were able to rotate but uh, it's gotten down to about the same three that are help each time. And we need some that would be willing to train and help in that ministry up there so that we can rotate the people that work up there so they'll be able to sit down here with their families as well as everyone else. So if God touch your heart about it, you let Brother Chris know, and he'll get you trained and, and set up on a rotation to be able to help up there 
in the PA room. Sister Mandy, I remember when I first got saved down at Morton Avenue, uh, Sister Mary Pierce would sing that song, and uh, every time I hear it, I, I'm reminded of her and Brother Greg, and uh, I understand that Brother Greg has actually been able to pick up some weight lately, and and uh, feeling a little bit better, still has to have all the infusions uh, done for another year, but uh, anyway, you keep remembering them in prayer. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 2, verse number 2, it says, 
And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And Lord's burden my heart for the men of our church to, uh, to encourage all of our men to, to be bold with the word of God and to be willing to stand with the word of God and for the word of God. And uh, here a while back, the Lord really impressed me to give our men some opportunities to stand. Those who are willing, I'm not forcing anybody to do so, but those who are willing to get up and, and bring a devotion to preach, to teach, whatever you want to call it, and just try our best as a church to rally behind our men and, and encourage them to be true men of God. And uh, Brother Josh Jackson is going to bring our thought for the night, so you pray for him. Good evening, everyone. If you want to open your Bible, you can open it up to, uh, I really don't know where. I don't really have a main verse tonight. I'll be all over, so. Brother John said that's kind of like my dad does. He flips a lot and... I don't even know where I'm going to be at in it, so I have it all. Uh, I got a lot of verses printed out. The uh, Tonight I'm going to be speaking on doubt in the Word of God. People who doubted things about doubt. I do want to thank my parents for coming. Originally, my dad, when he found out, he's like, I might come. And I was like, no, don't do that. He's like, you're going to make me too nervous. It's something, I don't know what it is about your parents being there and people you know it makes you more nervous. I don't know if it's because they taught you pretty much everything you know, or to an extent, especially in church things, like brought you up in church. It makes you uh, a little bit more nervous. But uh, tonight I want to speak on doubt and I guess how we can deal with that in our lives. The uh, Sorry, I don't have a main scripture verse. I guess that's what, who in here has ever doubted before? Does anybody hands? Like, who's in here has ever doubted God? Does anybody doubt of God? Yeah. yeah. You know, I think human nature, we tend to doubt. We doubt our own abilities sometimes. I asked this morning, I uh, taught some of this this morning in Sunday school. I asked, whoever doubts, I guess, if you're going to pass the test. You ever doubt your own abilities, like your skills, things you can do? You know, sometimes and uh, we doubt things God tells us. I don't know if that's maybe just our nature. It's like humans do that. But I looked in the Bible, some people who doubted. And I didn't get all of them, because there's a lot in the Bible. But I got some of the main ones that you probably know and recognize. First, we get uh, Adam and Eve. When did they doubt? You know, they doubted right at the very beginning. It's really Eve. The, uh, God told them something they couldn't do. She questioned in her mind, can we really not do this? Can we really not eat of the fruit? She had that question of doubt in her mind. Then we have Abraham and Sarah. When I think of Abraham, I think of somebody of a big man of faith. You know, he left his home to follow God just off a of word. And then uh, God told him he's going to have a baby, him and Sarah. What did they do? They laughed at him. Can you imagine laughing at God, him telling you something, a promise that he made you? We have Moses. You know, God saved Moses miracul miraculously. And then God was going to use him and told him he was going to use him. And then uh, he's like, God, you can't use me. I can't speak very well. You know, we do that in our lives, but I guess the thing is we need to, like Brother John, we need to be willing 
to do what he wants us to do. Then we have uh, the most famous doubter in the Bible, Thomas. One of the close 12 followed God for three years. His, like, God's most inner circle, or Jesus' inner circle, doubted him. He said, I won't believe till I see his scars, like touch him. Then we have John the Baptist. Everybody knows John. He's the man of God, one that got up, preached, to, preached to, or about Jesus, like the forecoming of him. When John was in prison, he asked, I got it uh, written, or I got the verse here. It was Matthew 28, 16. No, that's not it. It was Luke 7, 28. Now, that's what Jesus said this about John. There is none born a woman greater than John the Baptist. That was Luke 7, 28. Jesus said, there's none greater than John the Baptist, and he doubted. What he said was, are thou him? Or, or he said, are thou he that should come, or, she, or should we look for another? He saw him, he witnessed him. John baptized Jesus, and he still asked, should we look for another? And this one right here kind of blew my mind. We have the disciples. Matthew 28, 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. This verse right here is after Easter. Brother John spoke about Easter this morning. It's after Jesus had already died. He's already risen again. He had his disciples with him, which were with him with his earthly ministry. They saw him die. They saw his prophecy that he was going to be raised from the dead. They saw him physically. They were with him, and still some doubted. That just amazed me how they could have doubt after seeing him and witnessing it. So it's not uncommon for us to doubt. I think sometimes maybe we think it is uncommon as Christians, or we shouldn't, or maybe we're embarrassed by it. We don't want to go to other people and admit it because we think, look at the position that I'm in. I don't need to be doubting. I'm a Christian. What are other people going to think? But we have some... Uh, People here in the Bible that doubt, when you look at examples, other people, it's not just uncommon, it's not an uncommon thing. If I look, what is doubt? Doubt is a feeling of uncertainty and to question the truth. I asked this morning in our Sunday school, like, well, then what's the opposite of doubt? Somebody said faith, which I've heard that before too. But really, faith is not the opposite of doubt. The opposite of doubt would be assurance. The opposite of faith would be unbelief. You know, sometimes when we doubt, we have to have something we believe in to be able to doubt it. The, uh, and I guess the refusal to believe is the opposite of faith. So then we say, well, what's faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I always heard the acronym for that is forsaking all, I trust him. The word faith also comes from a Greek word that means persua persuasion. You know, we have faith. It's not a blind faith. We have something that... Uh, we're believing in. We have God's word. We're persuaded by his word to believe him. It's not like we're, we don't know anything about God, nothing about Jesus, and we step in faith. We're persuaded by his word, the examples of his word. He's already answered prayers. He answered many things in the Bible, done many marvelous works, and that's what our faith is in. It's in him by the persuasion of his word, and that's that substance. You know, we don't live by explanations as Christians. We live through promises of his words. So then I want to see, uh, well, how do we get faith? I kind of said it. We get it by, our Romans 10, 17 said, so then faith come by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So we get faith by hearing the word of God. And really that's the only way you can get it. That's the seed of faith. It's also asked, I was like, well, how can you get your faith to grow? 
that you get it to grow, you can get it to grow through the Word of God. You also get it to grow through prayer. Prayer is not the seed of faith, because if you don't ever hear about something, how are you ever going to believe it? But so you can't get prayer, or you can't get faith by prayer, but it can definitely help build your faith. The, uh, I have a verse here, Mark 9, 24. And straightway the father of a child cried out with tears, saying, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. You know, this guy, his son, was sick. He'd cast himself into the fire, cast himself into water. And he said, Lord, help my unbelief. He did believe, but he did have some doubt. You know, I think as soon as God touched his son and he was back normal, I'm pretty sure that increased his faith. It doesn't say it, but I think that would definitely increase my faith. As soon as you ask the Lord to do something that you've been dealing with, he said, how long has your son been like this? He said he's been like this from birth. He's been that long. As soon as the Lord uh, touched him, it uh, healed him. I think that increased his faith. I had written down here, one of our greatest problems is not unanswered prayer, but rather unoffered prayer. The, a lot of times, we just don't offer the prayers. I don't know, I don't know why. But we don't. We don't do it. God's he's faithful to answer prayers, and uh, especially if it's his will, but we don't offer those prayers up. The, uh, so I guess, next, why do we doubt? I, first, I said it earlier, maybe human nature. We see the story of Peter walk, or walking on water. I'll read this, Matthew 14, starting in verse 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come to thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind bolsterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately the Lord stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O ye of little faith, where didst thou doubt? You know, Peter doubted here, but the God, he said there at the very end, O thee of little faith. You know, we doubt sometimes, not that we don't have any faith, but we have little faith. You know, uh, I think of somebody in the Bible, like with great faith, that really didn't doubt much, is uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo. Our kids were watching it in a, the vehicle not long ago. You know, they said, if we perish, or if we're saved, like the Lord, my God's with me either way. You know, I think we should have a, a faith like that. It's not faith that we know what exactly what God's going to do, but we have faith either way we go. We know that it's uh, good with him. Then we have, uh, let me go to my next page. What do we do when we doubt? What do we need to do with that doubt? The, uh, I have written here, Hebrews eleven seventeen. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he, had, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. I don't look at the word, by faith Abraham, when he was tried. You know, sometimes our doubt is a testing of our faith. The, uh, I had written here, faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. You know, how can you trust in something that's not tested? I said this morning in our Sunday school, I think everybody's heard. I'll give a different example. My mother-in-law, if she's watching this, she'll probably kill me. She built a chair. She went to like Lowe's, Walmart or something, got this, got a chair, built the whole chair, She's, she's a hard worker. She really is, but she's not very good on, I guess, mechanical things in a nice way. So she built this chair. She had screws to it that were short and long. She put the short ones where the legs go. And the, the chair was tested with the long screws. 
So she had a group of ladies over. The lady sat down, the chair hit the ground. The leg just folded. It was some of her church friends. You know, it wasn't tested. So when it wasn't tested and tried, it couldn't be trusted. If it had the tested screws probably that were longer, that wouldn't have happened. You hear that all the time. Or most of the illustrations somebody give is if somebody built a new airplane and uh, it was brand new, they didn't know anything about it, they were testing it out, would you want to be on it and fly on the first one? Or would you want to be the one that's sure and tested? You know, it's kind of how our faith is. If we were ever saved, say we were saved at a young age, we never had one trial, we never had one temptation, we never had one doubt. When we got in our upper years and age and looked back, how are we going to know that our faith could really be trusted? You know, I like how it's the, uh, my kids like to watch this movie, The Lion King. Aniston had it on repeat, repeat, repeat when uh, she was a little younger. But we hear the monkey, the Rafiki says, he's, he hits Simba up in the side of the head, like with a stick. He said, you can either run from it or you can learn from it. And that's what uh, you can do with your doubt. You can run from it, let it eat you, or you can learn from it. You can search the scriptures of what you're doubting about, and you can uh, gain faith through that. And I want to look tonight about, uh, like, one section of that, I guess, of doubting salvation and how you can overcome that. Because I think we can doubt a lot of things, but I think that's one of the main things some people struggle with. I've struggled with it. And I don't know, I think if you can get over that, then uh, it's easier to get over some other things. Because if you can't get over that, it's hard to, not that it's hard for the Lord to use you, but it's hard to let yourself be used by the Lord because that's consuming you. The, uh, my brother-in-law, Chris, was preaching at another church tonight. He's like, I think I'm taking a note out of his, but that's my introduction. His introductions are like messages. So he's like, We're gonna, I'm going to time myself. See if I get out faster than you do. So I'm going to hurry up. Okay, so next is talk about the, uh, we're going to look in the scriptures, how you can look in the scriptures to uh, overcome your doubt on salvation that you can be sure. This is all out of 1 John. 1 John 5.13 says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. First, I want to say, the, uh, I don't want to give anybody a false hope of salvation. And you also don't want to give, but people that are doubting, you do want to give them assurance. So I'm going to try to uh, slice this up in two different ways to uh, give you a better understanding of it. First, it says, if we keep his commandments, 1 John 2, 3, hereby we do know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I knoweth him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. We see this, we got a problem. Is anybody in here a sinner? Is anybody a sin? Yeah. So we look at this. How in the world could I be a Christian if I'm not keeping his commandments? You know, but then we can look on down. It says, uh, 1 John 1, 8, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So then it turns around and says, If we say we're not a sinner, then we're still not a Christian. So that grains of a great problem. But that, the key word, I guess, is in the word keep. It's a Greek word meaning keep, keeping the eye upon. Ad, or Aniston loves movies about pirates. I don't know why she loves them, being a girl. She loved pirate movies. You know, the pirates are sailing toward their treasure. They have their map. Some of them look at the stars. That word keep 
is like sellers use it. They're keeping watch or they're trying to keep course. That's their main goal in life is to keep the course to get to where they're going. You know, we do that as Christians. It's not that uh, we don't sin from time to time, probably a lot more often than we should. But uh, our goal in life is, should be to line up with the word of God and to do what he ha or wants us to do. I think if uh, you are a Christian and you do sin, you're going to feel some remorse, sorrow, and conviction about it. And if you don't do that, you're probably not really safe. You know, there's been times that I've sinned that uh, it's just you have something to say, man, you shouldn't do that. You know, that's God. But the goal, your goal in life should be to live for him. And it's like sometimes if they're on, a, on like a boat, they might get distracted, go off course just a little bit. But their eye is on their treasure, where they're going. And uh, that's how we should be as Christians. You know, we don't keep keeping the commandments doesn't make us safe. But it's God working in us, like wanting us to keep those. And that's just a, uh, I guess, one of the tests that we may know. Second is, if we love the brethren, 1 John 2.10 says, He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is a none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brothers in darkness... And walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Now, secondly, we have, we love the brethren. You know, I think uh, a lot of times we say we love the brethren, but we really don't show it as Christians. But we should have that desire to love the brethren, love each other. If somebody's going through something, we should want to help them. You know, we should want to go to church. We should want to do things of God. And I think the reason that is, is because when we get saved, Jesus lives in us. And we're in him. We're going to love what he loves. He uh, died on the cross for us. He uh, paid the ultimate price, gave it all, loved us so much. And I think we need to love what he loves. I think we should love, love the brethren, love each other. And the, uh, thirdly, we have, we have, if we have the Holy Spirit, is another test. 1 John 4, 13, Hereby we know that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. Uh, John 14, 26 says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and he shall bring all things to remembrance, whatsoever I have said to you. Now here the Lord teaches us. He also convicts us. Well, the Spirit does, but he teaches us and convicts us. Have you ever like, been in a church service and maybe God just nudged you? You need to say that. You need to stand up. Maybe that will help somebody. You know, that's the Lord speaking to us. To help somebody. He knows what other people's needs. That's why I think we have church. He wants the body believers to be together. That way we can encourage each other and uh, help each other. The, uh, it's also maybe the Lord maybe told you sometime. You don't even know what they're going through. But the Lord told you you need to go talk to them. Or maybe you need to give them something. You know that's his nudging your heart. I think that's one of the evidences that we can have in our life. That we know if we're a Christian because of that. And I have 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You know, God changes us. He changes all, really all aspects of our life. But it's not an instant. It's not like you're saved, bam, you're changed. And it's not really sometimes an easy thing. But it's him working through us. It doesn't say at the very end, all things are new. It says all things are become new. And, you know, if it's become, it's in the present tense. It's happening every single day. Yes, God's changing you little by little. Yes. We are becoming new every single day in our life. And then I uh, also have this is probably the, 
greatest one of them all. If uh, We also get to know if we believe in Jesus. 1 John 5, 1 says, Whoever believeth that Jesus is a Christ is born of God. You know, the word right there, believeth, means to commit or to trust. You know, the Bible talks about even the devils believe and they're fearful. You know, we believe, I guess, in Muhammad, but we're not trusting in him. We believe he was a man. And like the, uh, we believe in other religions, but we're not trusting, committing in those to save us. You know, are you, uh, I have a question here. Are you believing in Jesus right now? You should not have to go back to a time or place or, ex or experience for assurance. Some people have false assurance of what happened a long time ago, maybe because of a prayer, a feeling, or an experience. One of the proofs that you are saved if you're believing in Jesus right now, 1 John 5.13 says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Yes, you know, we need to know one of the best things to really tell if you're saved, are you believing in Jesus now? You shouldn't have to go back. I mean, we can go back. There is a time and there's a place. My dad and I have a friend that is, uh, he came in the shop one day, man, he was all tore up. He was like, man, my uncle told me I'm four or five years older than what I thought I was. So he didn't even know how old he was. But just because he didn't know how old he was doesn't mean he wasn't born, right? He's like, we, he doesn't know when he was born. He's like, really, if we didn't have a certificate, we wouldn't know unless we were told. The same thing is a, uh, like being as a Christian and when the Lord, if we're still believing in him, and it's not just intellectual belief, it's to commit or trust, and then we can know that uh, we have a complete, or a complete assurance that he has saved us. If you don't mind, please uh, come to the piano, please. And last, I want to look at maybe some of this stuff. Uh, you really don't know if you are a Christian, really are saved. You know, there, uh, there's good news. Uh, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Acts 16.31 And they say, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Ephesians 2.8 For by grace are ye saved through faith, that not of yourself it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So we have the word faith, complete trust or confidence, and something that's all we do when we give our life over to god we put complete faith and trust in him what he was going to do we don't put anything on what we did we put it all on what he's done and then we also have the belief you know belief is not just an intellectual belief because even the devils believe but we have the word belief in the bible also means to commit to trust to have faith in we commit ourselves we trust in it we're clinging on to that as uh, our hope. Then we have the word in there, grace. Grace, I had written down here, the free unmerited favor of God. Which is pretty amazing. God gives us grace how we act sometimes. Or really act all the time. We don't deserve anything he's done for us. And for him to still die for us and love us how he does, that's pretty amazing. So see, we can see by all this stuff that uh, what does save us and what doesn't. You know, it's all God. All he's done is what saves us, and it's the faith in that. It's nothing we can do. It's not our prayer, even though sometimes we act out our faith in a prayer, but it's not the words, and it's not our prayer that's saving us. It is God. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, 
It's not coming to the altar. It's not by saving you. It's that decision you're making, trusting in him and uh, what he's done for you. And uh, you can go ahead and start playing whenever you like to, if you found anything. Uh, uh, Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. John 5.24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall come not into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Have you heard his word? I believe here, I've given us scripture tonight that you've heard his word. Do you believe on him? Or have you believed on him? Are you still believing? If, uh, if everybody would stand, if you want to come to the altar tonight and uh, you just don't know, maybe you're having doubts. And then we have doubts on other things too. Maybe it's not on this. You're having doubts on something. If you want to ask God to help you, maybe you're not saved. Maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. You know, if you want to come, the Lord will save you. You know, we have, uh, there's a story in the Bible of four men who carried someone to Jesus. Their faith saved him. You know, sometimes we don't have enough faith in our life that uh, we will uh, go tell someone what they need to know to bring them to Jesus. Sometimes if we would just uh, act out our faith and telling someone else, that would... Uh, they might come to Christ. You know, most of us in here, we're probably, we're probably saved or Christians because someone invited us to church, someone told us about God, or uh, something like that. We probably just, most of us probably didn't just watch on TV Billy Graham and be like, oh, I'm hearing this message and it was just like a spontaneous thing. Most of us made it, or someone made a decision to tell us. And then uh, by that decision, he, uh, like the other person did receive Christ and uh, was ultimately saved. You know, I thought about, uh, I guess, our pastor, Brother John and Miss Debbie. They have things going through their lives. You know, my dad's a pastor. I know he has doubts. Sometimes probably things in the ministry. I know you doubt sometimes. God, am I really supposed to be doing this? Did you really, when you wanted me to preach, did you really want me to? Do you really want me to have this church? Do you really want me to tell others about Christ? You know, the Bible talks about don't be weary and well-doing. I'm probably quoting this wrong. It said, uh, we shall reap if you faint not. You know, uh, we do. We got a good pastor and his wife. And he probably he struggles with the same things that we do. The Bible talks about these other men of God and women who struggle. And uh, God thought enough about them to put them in the Bible. So we know we have doubts. And uh, I could ask the church just to come, come pray for our pastor and his wife. You know, they doubt things. It's good to sometimes to know that uh, people are praying for you and people are there for you. You know, a lot of times he's the one up here preaching. He doesn't get people to come pray for him and to come uh, just have the support around him, how sometimes we have the support. So if you would, uh, please come and pray for him. And uh, hopefully it'll be a blessing to him to keep going.